Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, LeBron James is upset. But unfortunately, he only has himself to blame. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Perloff, we get it. We're both parents. You know, to come to the defense and aid of your kid, you know, nothing would stop you. Nothing would get in your path. However, at some point, you do have to hold a mirror up to yourself and wonder, hmm, did I cause any of this as we all mess up our kids, whether intentional or unintentional? And here's what I'm talking about. LeBron James took to social media yesterday after ESPN removed his son, Bronny, who's a 19-year-old freshman at USC, took him out of the 2024 ESPN NBA mock draft. So that's like two rounds, so he's not a top 60 player. Right. So LeBron was upset. He said, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? Mm -hmm. The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If you don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works Earned, not given. Okay. I get it. As a parent, you want to defend your kid if they're any, with any, against any slight. The problem is for LeBron is that nobody was talking about Bronny going to the NBA until LeBron started talking about Bronny going to the NBA. Because LeBron can't help himself when it comes to this. And he said publicly and has since doubled down on it that he wants to play with Bronny in the NBA. Right. So you can't turn around and chastise the public or ESPN or whoever and shake your finger and wag your finger and say, hey, just let him be a kid. Dude, you said he you want to play with him uh, in the NBA when he was still in high school. If the pressure's coming from anyone, it's coming from his famous father, not from some mock draft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. But that, all that being said, what LeBron is saying is, Take it in a vacuum. If you just took what his tweet is, that's perfectly fine. Saying, saying, hey, this kid's in college. It's a mock draft. Stop with all the mock draft energy. Let him just work. And what he's going to be is what he's going to be. That's a fine sentiment in its own. I understand what you're saying right. that LeBron doesn't have the right to do this. But again, is this a scandal? I mean, who cares? LeBron wrote a tweet. LeBron sits on his couch like the rest of us at night. Is totally bored and takes to Twitter. I, Listen, I just think I he's, he's, a, he's a sports dad. He's he, a sports dad. Stop calling him the NBA superstar. He is full sports dad, <laughs> no, even more than me. No, he is 50 million followers. He's right. the most famous athlete we have right now who's still playing. Yeah, and he'll break down the tight end play of, <laughs> of a week 13 Bengals-Browns game. That doesn't matter because Bronny's not a part of that. See, here's the thing. He wants it both ways. He wants to use his fame to help Bronny. Like he says earn not given. Come on man, we all know what's happening here. You want to earn your you want to use your fame, clout and influence 
to try to get Bronny into the NBA because you're living out your dream of wanting to play with Bronny. And listen, it might be coming from a great place. You know, I don't want to get too armchair psychologists on this, but LeBron James didn't have a relationship with his father, and I believe his father since passed away. So I get wanting to be that great dad and be there for your kid. I'm not saying it's not coming from a good place. I'm just saying you can't be tone deaf and have blinders on to, to see how this is going to this is gonna create more pressure on Bronny. And then to turn around and tell people, hey, guys, just let him be a kid. Dude, you didn't let him be a kid. You said in high school that you wanted to play with him, and then we all believed it. <laughs> so it's our fault for believing it. I, I just, I, I think when, you know, if we're talking about this again, we can all criticize each other's parenting. Everyone sucks at this. Like we're all screwing up our kids, whether we mean it or not, like I said, but I, I just don't like the, the turning the tables and telling us either the media fans that we're doing something wrong. When LeBron was the one who put this out in the first place, we never held Michael Jordan's kids to any kind of standard. They didn't make it in the pros. Nobody cared. Dude wrote a tweet. It's not like he's going around and lecturing. Right? It's just one single tweet defending his son. This is such a harmless act to me that you're making it. He's calling out the media here. I don't know. It's, it feels like you put a lot of energy into everything LeBron says. To me, this one is kind of harmless, and I understand he deleted it, too. Yeah, he did. So here's the reason why I, I put energy into this or why I think it's a bigger deal. Because... First of all, he has since said he said that he wanted to play with Bronny in the NBA. He doubled down on that in a Beats by Dre advertisement. And he's saying and alleged uh, alluding to the fact that the end of his career is going to be tied to a team that drafts Bronny. Right. So either that's the Lakers who are going to take a use a draft pick on Bronny or it's going to be somewhere else where now LeBron is going to end his career. So to me it's actually less about what Bronny does to be honest, I, I don't really care, and I don't want to put more pressure on this kid because he doesn't look like an NBA player right now, and that's not fair. But I do care how LeBron's career ends because I've been following him since I was in high school. I do feel invested in LeBron's career. I'm curious how this is going to turn out, just like I was curious how Tom Brady's career in Tampa Bay turned out. So why don't we just, why in the Lakers just use, a, I assume they have a second round pick, just use a second round pick on Bronny and put him on the end of the bench, and we end all the drama here. Well, because he has to declare for the draft. He's going to have to go through the process. I mean, you are, and again, that's that's given, not earned. If, like, if, if LeBron really wants Bronny to in some way think that he earned this thing, just drafting him with a second-round pick and stashing him at the end of the bench, what kind of message does that send to your kid? Well, I mean, it's probably the opposite message that he wants to send in theory. Let's be realistic. He's averaging five points a game at USC and has a congenital heart defect exactly. and had a cardiac arrest. I mean, he's not... It's not everyone knows he's going to be really hard for him to earn his way onto this court. So I understand that's why LeBron is protesting because he knows that everyone thinks that he's just being given this. The reality is he's going to have to be given this because you can't score five points a game and be drafted in the NBA. No, I mean he, so, he might be one of the great. De- he apparently he's a really good defender, which is so, great. Keep doing that, but I've you're going to add, add, add offense to your game. I've watched a couple of USC games. Yeah. He's not that good on defense. <laughs> and he's, he's surprisingly small to me. I'm curious how he'll measure in these combines. So yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously, I wonder if the heart defect affects that as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that I understand where LeBron is trying. I think it's funny that LeBron defended him for the one thing that everyone is always going to believe, that he's going to be handed this. Yeah. job in the NBA, and the truth is he's going to have to be handed this job in the NBA, so let's just do it. Just I I can't stand all this uh, drama and buzz around him. Just draft him in the second round, develop him. 
It's going to be like Giannis's brother. It's a, obviously <laughs> yeah, symbolic move. At least the Nassus was was he? He was a Knicks pick. Was it second round or first? That was a second round pick. Second round pick. Okay. What's a second round pick matter in the NBA these days? I don't know. They Nicola get traded Jokic a lot. Was a second round pick. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. You're right. So when I'm Draymond. watching, I'm watching Draymond, the draft. Right. I'd be like, oh, this is a, the 57th pick is so important because it could be Jokic. Come on. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course, you're not trying to just throw away second round picks. Well, oh yes, you are. The Lakers will. Yeah, and the it, Lakers will for sure, but like not by design. Well, yeah, but you don't care about LeBron's... a second round pick. It means so little. And then if I offer you, if I call you and say, hey, I'll give you a second round pick for a good player, you're like, what? <laughs> well, it's usually trade kickers and stuff like that. But again, like LeBron's intention, what we're talking about is LeBron setting a tweet yesterday that said, hey, everyone back off Bronny and just let the kid play and enjoy college basketball because he was left out of a recent mock draft. And it's like, well, LeBron, you're the one who said you want to play with them in the NBA. There was nobody, not one person, who was putting that kind of expectation on Bronny James until his father did it. And now I'm just curious how this all is going to turn out. I think to, for the most part, I'd like to think we're somewhat fair when it comes to offspring. Now, when well, the person gets to high-level college or, like, Arch Manning is going to have, you know, there's going to be expectations there. But I'd like to think we're somewhat level-headed in the media and stuff like that when it comes to someone's kid. I totally disagree. Okay. Uh, Michael Jordan Jr. wasn't even close. Bronny and Bryce are way closer. Well, they played college basketball. They didn't want to go to Indiana. And Barely. Marcus was a good player at UCF. Better you could, than you could tell right those guys were, but everyone, nobody expected them to be great at the time. It wasn't and even. Nobody in, was it expecting Bronny to be great until uh, Jordan, until, excuse me, LeBron said it. I, I don't know. I saw him braiding threes at the McDonald's game, and the guy can, he's, I think he's probably 6'2", and he can dunk like crazy. I don't remember Michael Jordan I, Jr. with that kind of vertical. I, I think Bronny's a different case. I think you're not. You're misremembering how good Marcus Jordan was, the second son. He was a four-star recruit, went to UCF, played in the NCAA tournament, averaged double figures for his career, left oh. early. Like, he, he was a good that player. That NBA factory of UCF. <laughs> he was, it, Bronny's at USC. Well, I mean, yeah. great players came from there. Well, a lot more than UCF. OJ it's Mayo? a football school. There's a ton of NBA guys out at USC. They've DeMar gotten the number DeRozan? one recruit a million times. <laughs> Evan Mobley. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess here's the thing. I think that if I were LeBron, and listen, I'm not going to tell him how to parent, I'd back off this thing totally. And he deleted the tweet, so you can tell already that he knows he made a mistake here. You only bring more attention to Bronny with this kind of defense. And when you write in all caps, or uh, you know, he just works, or you write earn not given, at some point... Like, we talk about nepotism and nepo babies, and this is a really big thing in our society. At some point, you just got to let the kid live. You've got to let him live, and you've got to let him play and enjoy it as a dad. You don't have to You don't have to put the NBA expectations on him because none of us are. Can I ask you something about it? Why does everything around LeBron have to be so elevated and, and annoying in a way? Why can't LeBron <laughs> just—why can't we just enjoy LeBron? Well, you know, because nobody else does this pro-off. I, I, like we have so many players in the NBA who have sons and who sons in the NBA. The only person who acts like this is Lavar Ball. Okay, like <laughs> let's let's be real. Like LeBron has been the conductor. This the is Lavar Ball. Like this one tweet compares him no, to Lavar Ball. It's not one tweet, Perloff. Last year he said that Bronny was better than a lot of guys in the NBA, and that the NBA is lightweight compared to what Bronny was doing in high school. So oh, come we, on, Lavar Ball was way different than this. Lavar Ball Le was a circus when his kids were LeBron in college. Lavar said that Bronny was better than guys in the NBA as a high schooler. Like sounds is, very Lavar like. Right? To that be fair to sound Levar, like though, to you? he got two out of three in the into the league. And Lavar's a great dad, and as far as I'm concerned.
But like, we can't act like oh, LeBron is just being is just being every normal dad like every other NBA player who has a son. There are so many players in the NBA. There are so many second and third generation guys in the NBA. Yeah. And I have not heard one of them while they're playing say, "Hey, my son is better than most of the guys in the NBA." Oh like my nobody, gosh. nobody's done that. Well, maybe not publicly. I mean, yeah, it's like Kenyon Martin doesn't isn't right. out there doing it. It's it's just a different style with LeBron because here's the reason why it's different. He's a superstar, the superstar in this particular era, which is access is unprecedented. He gives us access to his life. I mean, LeBron tweeted this out to 50 million people yesterday. He's got the production company. He's got he wants to be a 360 person, and that's fine. But you're saturated and. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when people are invested in what you do. I mean, I think that's part of being a superstar. We care about what you're doing. And he's jumping out the window for something that's so innocuous. Like, okay. Jumping out the window, he wrote a tweet. I wrote a tweet talking about, oh, give my son a break. Like, why are you guys getting on him? Like, he just got moved from one year in a mock draft. To next year. It was not <laughs> like they said, hey, Bronny, biggest bust in the NBA. Like, yeah, right. Nobody was attacking him. Like, he took something that was so innocuous, which is the headlines, hey, Bronny got moved to 2025 instead of 2024, which, by the way, we all knew. Everybody sees that he's not going to be in the NBA next year. I know, but see, the thing is, is the clock is ticking on LeBron. Now, LeBron's still playing great, but he is 39. I mean, I think LeBron's probably going to play to, what, 42? That's what uh, the rumor is that that's when he wants to play to. Okay. So one, every time Bronny gets moved, again, see, it's not about the kid, it's about the dad. Like, he gets moved to a 2025 mock. That impacts LeBron's Which is, decision. I'll be real. I mean, we're talking about, you know, LeBron, and I think he is defending his son, but I think a lot of it is him. I think a lot of this is pride, pridefulness from him, too, because of a lot of what he said and a lot of what he's presented and what it, what Bronny's career means to him. Yeah, of course. And But listen, it, he's not the first parent to ever make. You know, this kind of yeah. thing. I mean, I'll tell you what. I was at my kids' gymnastics class the other day, and some the dad came up. Another dad came over to me. We were chit-chatting, and he was like, hey, your kid looks like he'd be great at a dance class. And I was like, I will body you. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're saying a nice thing. Oh, I should put my kid in dance. Yes, I think he would probably love that. <laughs> it was just the instinct. It was like, I'm about to take your knees out, Dad. But I think there's a there's a spectrum. Uh, LeVar Ball saying he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one is not – LeBron saying, leave my kid alone in college. <laughs> LeVar talking about himself is insane. LeVar or LeVar. I was like, I'm looking at some outlandish LeVar. LeVar saying that Zoe is already better than Steph Curry. I mean, oh, right. how is that much different than LeBron saying that uh, Bronny's better than a lot of guys in the NBA today as a 18, 17 year old? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm well, not even having this consider, discussion. Consider the source. You know, LeVar I mean, didn't have the same credibility that uh, LeBron has when it comes Lon- to basketball. Right, but Lonzo, let's be real, was way more advanced as a freshman at UCLA oh, yeah. than Bronny was as a high schooler at Sierra Canyon. Oh, yeah, and LaMelo's a good player. So, no, LeVar has the results so far, but as far as, like, the messenger, you know, it's, it's it cuts different I when mean, it comes from LeBron versus LeVar. LeVar and LeBron are not same, same. I, I can't believe I'm not saying, saying that they're the same. I'm saying that he's closer to LeVar than he is to Rick Brunson. He's closer okay. to LeVar oh, than God. he is to Michael Thompson. To pencil the Knicks into this conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. That, well, I give Brunson, you points for creativity. Listen, Rick Brunson, it's not, you know, he's out there getting assistant coaching jobs, making sure his kid gets to a certain team. Turns out to be the best move they made. 855 212 4 CBS, 855 212 4227. Uh, and the general manager was his former agent. A lot of connections. Uh, five, yes. When LeVar says that he is going, you know, he says, things like, I'm going to have a billion-dollar shoe brand. LeBron says those things are true. <laughs> right. uh, LeBron says that he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. It makes sense. LeVar saying he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, no. Did anyone ever get the shoes? 
The big baller yeah. brand shoes? People, yeah, people bought them. No, I, no, I know they bought them. I think they got Did them. Did anyone here get them? Yeah, no, people got them. Okay. I, I Did they make a billion? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. You think that would have come across your desk? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess LeBron is maybe a little more legitimate because I think he is. He's closing in on a billion. You really not? You really don't love LeVar Ball, huh? That really. <laughs> I actually, oh, I'm a huge fan of LeVar okay. Ball, but LeVar is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, but that means no. it's no, not but, a way, though. No, my point is, I think you guys are way overreacting to this LeBron tweet. Like making it a thing I, to me is ridiculous. I think it's right. just way too much negative energy on LeBron, which is ironic because you guys are big LeBron fans. Eight five five two one two four CBS. What do you think? So LeBron, the impassioned defense of his son. Meanwhile, he was the one who said his son. Is going to play in the NBA. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, okay, coming up, NFL rule changes on the horizon. This could be a big one. We'll get to that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. It's kind of weird for me to work with people who are so wrong about something. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's challenging. Who, us? Yes, you guys. You guys are so wrong about one NFL rule. Okay. And thank God they're looking at it. Who on earth likes the fumble out of the end zone change possession rule in the NFL? So a guy, a wide receiver, makes a great catch, jukes three guys, and is reaching for the pylon to make an incredible highlight touchdown. And it's not quite clear. Maybe he fumbled it. Oh, okay. oh all of a sudden, it's, uh, it's the other team's ball. What kind of penalty did that? It's the most devastating penalty in the NFL. And it's, you know, there's no other, if you fumble out of bounds at the 40, nothing happens. But all of a sudden, if you're down at the goal line, then it is a complete reversal of the game. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why are we penalizing offensive players for trying to do the spectacular and not just penalizing them, make a penalty that is 10 times more severe than any other penalty. You're at the one yard line and all of a sudden the other team gets the ball at the 20, by the 25, it is is a touchback. It is way too impactful. Why do you have one rule that is so much more impactful than every other rule, especially one rule that is kind of ticky tack to me? Well, I mean, and it may have decided the AFC championship game. I don't know if the Ravens were ever coming back, but the Legereus Sneed sort of punching the ball yeah. out at the uh, at the goal line on Zay Flowers, and it was crazy play. I like it. I like it because you should – ball security is important no matter where you are on the football field, but especially down to the red zone. And I like the fact that with all the changes that the NFL has made to help the offense – Finally, the defense gets a a little a little nut here. They get a little bit it's like a squirrel. You finally get a little bit of something, which is dudes can't reach out at the goal line oh. with free of consequence, a potential consequence. God forbid Seriously. you reach out for the goal line. Oh, that what a what a terrible thing to do. No, no, I'm saying there's so many things that already benefit the offense. You're also going to give guys being you can already just like you know, jump over the line of scrimmage and simply break the plane, and that's a touchdown. You're now going to... Well, that's always been the rule. It's always been the rule, but, like, again, you have... And and I could go through a myriad of things that have helped the offense. The defense is at such a disadvantage. You should at least have them be able to protect the goal line in a way that's punitive to the offense if they get reckless down there. I I, I think it's just so bad to watch. It's, it really just ruins a game for me. I and especially if it's a if my if happens to my team that I hate it. But if it's a neutral game, I'm like, oh my gosh, why are we hurting this great offensive drive and this spectacular highlight play? That's the last thing they had. If you want to help the defense, start calling more pick plays. Uh, start calling more holding. There's a million ways to help the defense. This little more random more holding. 
Like, <laughs> dude. Yes, I mean that's that's obviously the key to that is the key to helping the defense is to actually call the tackles on holding. I don't really want to see it, but I'm saying if you were so intent on helping the defense, this rule is not going to help the defense overall. No, but and if you look at the entire NFL season, this has very little actual impact. To help the defense, you're going to have to be stricter on real plays. This one is just so random. Well, that's the thing. Nobody really wants to see those ticky-tack holds getting called and stuff like that because the game flow, the scoring, all of it. So you can't just give the defense this. And again, we're talking about the rule where if you fumble out of the back of the end zone, it becomes a touchback and change of possession. And Perloff doesn't like that how, you know, how punitive that rule is, and and I do like it. I know EJ likes it too. I'm not sure where Bogus and Colts stand on I this hate one. Hate it. It's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. So you're oh. with you're with Perloff on this one. A hundred percent. It makes no sense. You should not have to control and and be have more ball security down by the goal line. We're gonna have guys what just reaching willy nilly. Yes. Yeah. To score points, which yeah. is the point of the game, which they, <laughs> yeah, which and they then do, and they then make they an score. NFL promo of a guy diving over the pylon. Yes. Right. And they still do. So what's the big deal? The big because deal is why does in 99% of other equations, actual possession matters. Here, a ball that is misshapen by nature bounces in any way it wants. It goes out of bounds, and the other team gets the football. Okay, but you realize there are 100 yards on a field where if the ball bounces out of bounds, you get the ball back. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so why it should be the, all 100. Right, right. No, it is all 100. It should it's, be all 120 then. Is there extra 15 or 12 hard ratings in the end zone? Why? Because there's the last 12 all of a sudden. Now we got to say, oh, you know what? This is too terrible for the offense. They fumbled the ball out of bounds. We got to give it back to them. But it's such a random yes. rule. It makes no sense. Why are you changing the rule at the goal line? Not, other rules don't change at the goal line. Just because you pass the goal line doesn't mean you can tackle the wide receiver. Why are we changing this rule here? It's totally No, things do random. change at the goal line. You, yeah, like, you, you just have to break the plane with the ball. Right. That's not necessarily the case for a first down anywhere exactly. else on the field. Yes, it is. No, mm, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Sometimes we had this before. Didn't Kirk Cousins do this famously? Where he yeah. tried to jump over the pile just in the middle of the field, but he actually got you know taken back, and they didn't give him forward progress. Okay, but that's not the same thing as changing possession of the ball. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, like the defense, and, and like. So if you want to, if, if if you need for a reason for this to be punished, which I don't understand at all. So then back them up from the goal line. Why do they lose the ball? Why'd you give it to them at the 20? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm open for a compromise if this Which needs is to be also a punishable a huge penalty. Thing. A 20-yard penalty is pretty severe. Yeah. Okay, but we have we have penalties where if you just draw some contact yep. 50 yards down the field, yeah. you get 50 yards. Okay, like, but there's that's a, guys, plenty guys. of things that help the offense. Right. And I don't mind this being punitive because you are so close to the end zone. Like okay. I, I'm okay with it getting more severe as you get closer to scoring. No, you should you should help the offense down there because you want to, you know, it's the NFL. You want to have highlight plays on offense. What about, what if they made it the 40-yard line and you lose the ball? Would you have a problem with that? It'd be ridiculous. You'd be like, well, that's crazy. Right. I don't, I don't understand why this is a punishable act in any way. I don't I, understand. Because I think, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like the fact that you can phone the ball out of bounds and knock it out of bounds just so that you can keep the ball, I think that that's ridiculous. Like, right. I, I, I think that you guys are actually, you're, you're living in a world where I think that it's actually ridiculous that you cannot recover the ball and because you just, the ball went out of bounds, you automatically get it. But that's, yeah, maybe, the, that's the world that, that always exists. You know, just maybe, like this world with the fumble out of bounds has always existed. Wait, no, like, like, this happened like five maybe, years ago. Maybe they're worried that it would become a strategy where guys, where the offense is just, anytime a play breaks up, just throw it out of the back of the end. There are yeah, rules it, for that. You it is a strategy. There, there well, I mean, a, there's a fumble rule, right? You right. can't fumble it forward in the last two minutes. There's a lot of rules around that. But I don't know. Why do you guys want to hurt the offense? 
Well, uh, it's regardless. not that. It's just how about the offense has been helped so much. Okay, then then you should be an advocate of if they fumble the 30-yard line, switch possessions. Well, right. if you fumble and it gets recovered by the defense, it does no, no. get. If you no, fumble if you fumble anywhere in the field, then it should be defense's ball. I just want to keep it status quo. My thing is, it, it's you, you guys are talking about, you're saying, why are we penalizing the offense? No, this is the rule. Like, you guys actually want to give the offense more advantages to what me and Maggie are saying. You have every other advantage. Yeah, just keep it. But like, this is the and, worst rule they have. The single worst rule, in yeah, my there's, opinion. There's oh, worse come on. Rules. So, taunting, like, a spot foul is, is, taunting's way a spot worse. spot foul on a pass interference the is absurd. The spot foul is terrible. Spot, okay, wait. So you guys want the 15-yard college. But yeah. at least you'll understand the spot foul. Otherwise, every time DK Metcalf makes a break, you're going to just tackle him right there. You're going to kill long passing because quarterbacks who already mugged the receivers all over the field right, they'll just tackle are just going to tackle them. Wait, That's why they make it a spot foul. No, but you also... But you you would have to obviously put rules in place that you can't just take guys out of the route. Why? That, that's the, the rule is you can't do it or you're going to get the ball 50 yards down the field. No, but, you, but we've already but changed the, rule. the rules about how much you can touch the wide receiver at the line of scrimmage and then you have to release them five yards after the right. line of scrimmage. So they get free. You can run. Right, right. No, no, no. But if a guy gets beat, he's just going to bring this guy down and right. get a 15-yard penalty. That's that's why they do it. Yeah. This happens, first of all, happens a lot anyway. So it's not like this is something that's been that's completely been negated out of the game. It's like, just like, guess what? People reaching for the goal line happens all the time. Like this, And that's the thing. Like, you guys are acting like this exciting play in football we're going to remove yeah. in the game because of this rule. And again, it's not like this rule got made up a couple years ago. It's been happening for decades. And, and it's always been dumb. But. Guy, guess what? Guys always still reach out for the goal line. We still always have those exciting plays. So I don't know what the beef is. It's we're just not, way, not it's, it's, it's just way too impactful. I mean, well, it's led to some amazing changes. I mean, yeah. we saw it in the AFC Championship game. AJ Hawk is in our chat. Hey, what's up, AJ? Says leave the rule alone. The end zone has special rules. It's a special place on the field. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, you you guys watch during the regular season. I, I think you guys are a little bit on an island here. I think most fans do not like this rule. I think the majority do not. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just projecting yeah. my own opinion. But I do not feel like this is a well-liked rule. The I, ends, sorry, go ahead, Bullish. No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if it's what the breakdown is, but there are more people on their side than I'm than I would have expected. Because I just... I, It's so nonsensical to me. Like, oh, I can't crazy. even begin to process... <laughs> Anything else? I think I'm being a nice human by even allowing for a compromise of a penalty, <laughs> pushing you back from the goal line. Because wow. I just, I so don't understand this. Thank you, Bogus. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're such a nice person. The end zone is the only spot in the game that is different than every other spot. You can have a safety. You can have a touchdown. The goal, the goal post is there where you can kick a field goal. This idea that it should be like everything else on fumbles. Also, I don't really, I reject that too. Like the whole, that. 20 yards or however many times, it is so much different than the other 100. Because there's, you could kick a field goal? I don't understand. <laughs> no, 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 because you can score a touchdown, you can get a safety, and now this rule, like, if you guys are acting like, why can't it be like the other 100 yards? I'm saying there's nothing about the end zone that's but you like actually, the other 100 yards. You actually just said that if you fumble at the 50-yard line, it should change, out of bounds, it should change possessions as well. Because I, I, I think it's silly that Dalton Kincaid in the, in the AFC in the semifinal can just knock the ball out of bounds and say, oh, we got the ball back. I, I think that that's silly. I don't think that that's offense. I don't think that that's football. He got a penalty, right, for that? Uh, I don't know if he did. I don't think he did, actually. No, they kept possession. Yeah. I don't but he think got a penalty. He might have. He, he well, might have. They call it like illegal that. batting, isn't that yeah, the penalty? It was. So that, they lost yards. Actually, they, I believe it happened twice in that game. <laughs> yeah, the first was, half he got one, the penalty, and the second half he didn't. Right, I got to go back and Something happened where like they didn't for one, and I was just like, well, well okay, whatever. Re- just recovered the fumble. But guess what? It happened, and I was like, all right, well, whatever. And I just moved on. I don't. I don't like. Right. I don't. 
I don't. Oh, you see know what the, it was? I think he recovered outrage. the fumble and he had it and he was like sliding out of bounds, but okay. he had possession of it. Right. Anyway. So that, that's not that's nothing wrong. That's with not that. batting the ball. That happened in the first yeah. half. There was one time where he knocked it out of bounds on purpose, and that's a penalty. Just like you can't fumble forward on purpose. Like there are rules for purposely fumbling to save possessions or to whatever. Like if you're just if you just fumble and the ball, which is not round, like that's also too. Like you guys are forgetting that this ball cannot be trusted when it's on the <laughs> that's ground. That's part of the fun. Like, but that, but so now I'm getting penalized because the weird shaped ball doesn't bounce in a straight line. It makes left turns, right turns, goes backwards, goes forwards. It goes through the end zone, <laughs> and now I the lose the ball. So, okay, so now how come the uh, how come the defense can recover the ball in the end zone and get a touchdown? If the ball is so unpredictable, why are they why are they Because they recovered it. Wait, they what? fell on <laughs> it. It was loose and they got right, it. My how is that the same thing as the ball right on the bounds? The end zone is totally different. We, we apply sure. totally different right. rules but to no, the end zone. But is not what all my point of them, because I can still it's still holding, it's still pass interference. I don't And guess what? Do... You hold in the end zone, it's a touch it's a it's a safety. When you didn't no, no, sack but, the quarterback, you didn't do anything. But defenses don't get to hold in the end zone because it's more important to protect. They don't, it's a penalty. You pass interference in the end zone. It's still a penalty. And you get the ball at the two-yard line. It's like it's like there are – you think that all of the rules change in the end zone, and they don't. A lot of them do, though. No, like, not a lot. Uh, they do. Not I just lot. said you don't – This you, is the no one place that's you can drastically there's, different. There's no other place we can hold and the defense scores points. There's no other place in the in the in the in the, in the, in the because game because it happened in the end zone. I so I, I get that, Which but also, <laughs> but the de- but but defensive players don't get more leeway in the end zone. They don't get to hold. They don't get to pass interference more. They don't get to tackle guys because the end zone's more important. The rules are the rules. Well, they do and get they points be, if they tackle a quarterback. That to be implemented in different right. ways because it happened in the end zone. It's why the ball goes to the two yard line. Well, they get a safety. They get a safety. You score if you tackle somebody in the zone. Yeah, and a lot of there's multiple penalties in the end zone that rec- that give the defense points. I get that. Wait, right. So here's my, my point question though, on yeah, this. Sorry, go ahead, here's Maggie. my question. Who is the person who is going to be making this decision? Is this a John Merrill? Like, who is the person who's the gets, competition committee? Yeah, I know. So who's who's on? Oh, McVeigh. I mean, McVay, I'm trying to see which one the winds would blow Mc, here. And your boy is new this year too, McDermott. Sean McDermott. I was surprised. So I'm like, I didn't know that a coach on the hot seat could be t- appointed <laughs> to one of these committees. This is a the McVeigh and the McVeigh tree and uh, McKay and the Atlanta. All these people. This is that guy's. How long has he been on the cover? You've been doing these updates. I didn't even until until his name came back up with the Belichick Falcons things. Yeah. I forgot that he still worked for Atlanta. I thought he was just an NFL employee. I'm telling you, McVeigh is probably going to fight for this. Sean McDermott will fight against it. Like how many defensive coaches versus how many yeah. offensive coaches? I think Tomlin's on, on that committee too. Kind in the middle. Yeah, I just I I am so perplexed by this rule. I will never accept it. This is this is a massive show debate. Uh, yeah. Headlines we have those oh, right. Sure. Uh, first, our Anthony Kim drought ended, and now our Mississippi Valley State men's basketball drought is over as well. They were zero and twenty-seven this year on a twenty-nine game skid dating back to last season, but it all ended last night in glorious fashion against Prairie View A and M. Andre, that's game. And that will be game. And that will be game. And that's now build that first win. First win. Oh, we saw him the court. And we saw him the court. We saw him the court. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a goal, Blake. Blake. That will pick up their first win. That will pick up their first win. Shout out Coach Ivory. And the Delta Devils will improve to 1 in 27, 1 in 14. In a swag. What is you saying? Uh, 
These are two he young. Just stood up. These are two young dudes. I'm guessing they're student broadcasters. They are far better than passes to four. Now on to two, and she shoots it. They had the best night of their life. For those who have not seen the video yet, storming the court's a loose term. It was like 13 people relatively safely going on the court and then almost immediately leaving the court as well. Wait, can we back it up? What was the 1 in 24? That's their uh, their 1 in 27, 1 in 14 in the swack. And they just won and get the automatic bid? No, no, no. No, no they just, just won they just and they're won. celebrating. Okay, yeah. okay. No, they just won. Because we're getting into automatic bid territory. Yeah, no, we're not days. there yet. Yeah. Not okay. there yet. Wait a this... minute. Wait a minute. They, they, were they, they, were, they were calling the game? Correct. And that's how it sounded. That was the that, the game was like an eight point ending. It didn't matter. One kid missed a shot at the final horn. That was it. So I guess we could just scream and and yell. And, <laughs> Here he comes. And Here comes Grandpa. Tell you. Uh, and, and, Blame Romo. Romo's and, the one who's making this yeah, okay for everybody. Yeah. Well, well, all his millions of dollars. <laughs> now everybody thinks they could just scream over each other, and that's a call. That's not a call. It's far from it. It's ridiculous. I couldn't tell if the guys were Thank calling you. the game and storming the court. <laughs> like, it kind of sounded like they had their phones out, like taking selfies and storming the court. I thought they were doing a watch along the way it sounded. <laughs> it sounded like they were just, they were just cheering and, and nope. watching the game like fans. This broadcast is so advanced that at the end of the clip, it actually cuts to the camera at the table so you can watch them make the end of this call. Well, at least it's better than some of these uh, these calls we get that where the uh, engineering is all off. <laughs> You get that, of course. PA or the stacked. number five passes to number seven. Yeah, we right. had that. No one has an updated roster. Uh, <laughs> this is something, mm-hmm. and you guys want to take this away again? Oh court no, storming. no, no, no! Hold on, <laughs> this court storming, ridiculous. This Pro was court storm. the court storming is the least of your concerns here. It was again, it was gentle. <laughs> it was not it was mayhem, gentle. and it was over very quickly. A lady was carrying a baby in this court storming. <laughs> Everyone was safe. So it was okay. not a court storm. Was it a court shower? It was like a quick visit. Scattered showers. A court drizzle. A court yeah. drop-off. Yeah. Yeah, sun shower. Really. Yeah. Uh, not that it matters after all of that, but we jump to the pros and maybe new Rookie of the Year competition for Wemby. Paula Hawkins now working on Sabonis. Oh, he gave him the okey dunk and then went with the flipper underneath. Showed it to him, brought it back, left him in the dust. With a beautiful runner on the right-hand side of the rim. Hawkes is putting on a show. Jason Jackson, Heat Radio. Jaime Hawkes with 26 in Miami's 121-110 win in Sacramento. Without the suspended Jimmy Butler and the injured Tyler Hero. How does that guy last at 18 in the draft? Is he just penalized because he stayed in college? Probably. I think that was a big part of it. People also didn't think he could shoot from three and... All of a sudden, he can. Go, to Miami, Miami, go to Miami. All of a sudden, you can yeah. do things nobody <laughs> They're, do. Anything. They're liquid Terminator. They won't die. They're like the Baltimore Ravens defense. They're not ever going away. <laughs> also, ever. you don't have to be drafted. Yeah, yeah. You go to right, right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You G League, fine. This guy. <laughs> Three years of G League. He's like 16th, 17th pick. This is like the blue chipper of Miami Heat <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah. They're used to getting guys who were, you know, bagging groceries. <laughs> yeah, you know? Gabe Vincent. No, this is like uh, Jaime Hawkins. This is, uh, he was actually like a tournament darling. This is like LeBron James of uh, Heat, <laughs> Heat uh, Unsung Heroes. There was a playoff game. I looked at the roster. 11 of the 14 guys had been on the G League on the Heat, and they were in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they were in the finals. Yeah. It's unbelievable what happens. You put on that uniform, and all of a sudden you're a winner it's annoying i still don't accept heat culture if you put it on a jersey as the they court? do but they're it, still wrote it on the court there seems to be something going on down there <laughs> yeah that they do well just uh, put a big picture of on, on the chart exactly that's the culture 
Because we all need it, we've got more details on this Cam Newton fight from over the weekend. It apparently began during a 7-on-7 football game on Saturday. Cam's team lost that game. And according to TJ Brown from the winning team, Cam started talking smack when they were back at the facility on Sunday. It continued while Brown's team was playing. Cam was watching. So afterwards... As the one team is leaving the field, this is where the video picks up where Cam is at the top of the staircase. That's when they came back together and the fight starts. Newton and the Brown brothers used to run teams together. That relationship fell apart, and now apparently they're enemies. Yeah. The the trash talk that's alleged here is, uh, I'm not saying that Cam deserved to be punched. You never deserve that. But this trash talk seemed like it was kind of legendary. Yeah, about how much money I got. Yeah, I've got a lot of money. I own you. I own this. I own the team. All that stuff. I could could see why someone would be upset. Again, you can never put your hands on someone. Nor should you try to punch Cam Newton because, as we saw, he can handle three or four grown men like they are children. Also, no lies detected. I mean, Cam's real real rich. Yeah, (laughs) He's like, I'm never going to run out of money. It's like, you're right. Things are looking up for Cam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're going to figure it out in this world. I know. It strikes me, by the way, that 7 on 7 is becoming like AAU. It's kind of like, uh, and I don't even think this is a bad thing, kind of Kind of a wild scene, like kind of entertaining. Uh, I love Seven on Seven. Have you guys ever watched Seven on Seven? Yes. I, it is awesome. They're so cool. And actually, I, I'm sorry that Cam got in this fight, but adding intrigue to this, like, I, I don't know, I'd buy a ticket to a Seven on Seven tournament in Atlanta now. And I think one of the things <laughs> Perloff talks about all the time, which I agree with. <laughs> Just watch from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, not gonna, I don't know if I agree with being in the circle with this. Binoculars in the parking lot, for sure. Who's that guy? <laughs> These kids are really advanced, I think, in terms of the quarterbacks, especially because of these tournaments. Oh, oh, really and the wide like, they could spin it, and these receivers, like you said, uh, that has helped the game for sure. However, offensive linemen, big step back oh, between yeah. this and mm. college, apparently. They're not doing anything except for eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because the offensive line play stinks. Well, I think if you're a good enough athletic enough tackle, you get out there and play some seven-on-seven. Seven. I would love to see. Make the guards play seven-on-seven. Seven. That would be even more entertaining because they're all wide receivers and cornerbacks right now. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard legends by you know who the greatest seven on seven player is the the two way guy for Colorado, right? Oh, uh, Travis Hunter. Travis oh, Hunter yeah. apparently used to play on like seven or eight different seven. He'd get paid oh, like, like a ringer. Yeah, he'd get paid like ten thousand dollars a game to go on your seven on seven team. Oh wow! And just like, can you imagine trying to cover him in a seven on seven game? It's pretty crazy. No. So He's I think getting Cam, paid ten grand just I don't to know. show up. I, that's a urban legend. Okay. But uh, I do think that Cam is adding like all of a sudden. I, I think this could become a thing. Like Cam seven on seven team. He should go in this direction and make it a big deal. Be like, who wants to take me on? Why not? <laughs> take me out on the field and then we'll fight in the parking lot. After. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you guys yesterday discuss the? Aerodynamics of his hat and all of this yesterday Amazing. stayed on. It's, it's it's a witch hat, first of all, a wizard's hat. I don't know what, but it stay and it stays. It doesn't even move. I think it has something to do with how his hair is under there, because like I've you know as a woman wearing hats, like you got to take a few things into account when okay. you want to wear a hat for fashion. And I think his hair is long right now, and he wears it kind of like bundled up on the and top of his head up in the hat. And I think it's kind of holding it. Interesting. And you do that as a lady? Well, I'm just saying. Mm. I think I'm a little more uh, skilled in this area than y'all. Fair enough. But the oh, hat yeah, company it, should get involved it. in this. Like, if you're going to get into a fight in our hat, your hat's staying on. Like, that's a sturdiness that the hat should be celebrating. Well, here's the question. Did the glasses stay on? Because he wears glasses, too, and that's usually a big no-no for a fight. Wait, yeah, we'll take you, a step you can't back. punch a guy with glasses on. That's, yeah, like a, that's a rule. Maggie, have you ever worn a big formal hat? I, I can't oh, yeah. pick. I'm a big hat person. Like, really? a, like a Kentucky Derby hat? 
I've got stuff like that. Don't you guys remember on the live stream? Yeah. I was rotating hats like every two minutes. Yeah. Like big fancy hats? I don't remember that at all. I've got fancy hats. You also wore a helmet at one point. I that did was, wear a helmet. That, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that, that was a really Wait, nice. I, I need to see these pictures. I got the poop emoji hat back here. I wore that yesterday. I'm not wearing and it And got today. compliments, so maybe you should wear hats all the time. <laughs> <laughs> those big hats, though, like the big hat. Yeah, no one can look good Nobody looks good in those. Giant Everyone looks like an hat. What's that? That giant cowboy hat you can put on. I have a cowboy hat. They, the PBR people, the pro, professional bull riders gave us uh, hats. Right. They're back in the office. Do you want to wear a hat, though, in a fight? Like, I don't know if I'd... I feel like that would hurt my chances. It doesn't hurt Cam, because nothing hurts Cam. He's an incredible Hulk. (laughs) I think it just get get knocked off. I don't think... It got knocked off and falls out of the back of the end zone, and you lose possession. (laughs) 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 You guys want to change that. If the hat comes off, you lose the fight automatically, right, Bogus? It's It's more punitive when it's in the parking lot. (laughs) That's the way it goes. Uh, Thank you, Bogus. Coming up, uh, we We've got new starters for some NFL teams making our predictions. Plus, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, Peter King, legendary uh, NFL writer, uh, has called it a career. Announced his retirement yesterday. He will join us at the top of the hour. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over. Overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome, Welcome back, back to Maggie and Burloff. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, man, it's been heated today. Uh, every argument is just a lot of raised voices about... I put a poll up on uh, my own personal Twitter feed because <laughs> yes. I want my own curated audience here. <laughs> Fumbling out of the end zone. Is it a... Should they switch possessions? I think it's insane, but apparently the NFL is going to stick with this crazy rule. You and EJ are all for it. I like it, but it's funny. I think I know what's going on a little bit, right? We've all... Well, you and I, at least, I think... We've been watching this Patriots Dynasty documentary. Mm-hmm. And so Peter King's going to join us at the top of the hour. Just announced his retirement yesterday uh, from doing his weekly column. And then at the top of the 9 a.m. Eastern hour, we're going to have the director of the Dynasty, who did this 10-part series yeah. about the Patriots. I'm telling you, watching that documentary ha- ha- will make you, like, antsy. Or not antsy. It will make you agitated. Mm, definitely. Yeah, because it's not just, and this has nothing to do with like my team getting its butt kicked by the Patriots all those years. It's not about that. You go into a different mode. It's like, wow, this was so much angst, so much turmoil. This seems so awkward <laughs> behind the scenes. There seemed like nothing outside of the winning that they kept doing. There was like nothing fun, nothing good about playing for the Patriots. Well, I think 
Maybe not the, nothing the good. That's the, a little harsh. But. And I, we're going to have the director on. I think he will admit they pulled out the exciting parts. There was probably all sorts of boring okay oh. times that didn't make it. <laughs> uh, no, to be, to be honest. Wednesday yeah, so at the water cooler? I don't know, dude. It's th- do There's, there's an agita about this team that is really palpable. Right. But there were years that were just solid. 2003 to the 2004, they got about 34 seconds on the dock. See, I don't think so. Well, okay, the, well, the well, rise of the dynasty, okay, those were the good times. But then you also have Scott Pioli, who was uh, in the front office yeah. for the rise. And he says that winning became such a drug and narcotic yeah. for them that it was, you were not getting any pleasure out of the winning. You were only getting relief that you didn't lose. And there was nothing fun. He makes it sound like there really was nothing fun about anything after the first one. And the second and the third was so much about defending your territory mm. and proving that it was real and doing and going for this dynasty and all this stuff that it became like they didn't seem like they enjoyed even the first part, the, the, the three and four years. I, it's funny. I took a different thing away from the documentary. I think Bill Belichick changed after the third. And that's exactly specifically they said after the third one, Belichick became a different person. Uh, and I think everybody changes. That was my overall writing thesis that people change with success. I think there was a pleasant uh, sense. You see Brady and Belichick hugging like crazy oh, yes, in the first after, five episodes. After they and then, win. They do, then they don't get anywhere near each other in the last five episodes. So I think that I think there was a little bit more uh, peaceful time that is not explored earlier on. You're right. In the second half of the documentary, it is tense. No, but, but I think Wilker the first part. Brady was like an abused dog. But the year they beat the Panthers, the year they beat the Eagles, I don't think it was like that. I think that Brady and Belichick were much closer. Well, I don't know, but I mean, Pioli says, you know, it's your you, winning becomes like a narcotic. It's yeah. a drug and you have to keep feeding it. And he goes, and you'll do anything to do that. And then it goes right into Spygate. And I think you're right about Bill changing. I think it was after Spygate he started to change. He actually seemed like he was somewhat okay with the media through the first couple yeah, years. Yeah. Then he became really, they said he became paranoid not just about the media after Spygate but about everyone in the building because Eric Mangini turned on him a former assistant and yeah. apparently all the other assistants, it was like an unwritten rule hey, you leave the Patriots and you leave Bill, but you keep your mouth shut about the videotaping the sidelines and Mangini stepped out and actually called Bill on this BS and that made Bill not trust anybody. Yeah, but I'm just saying the documentary did not have like a fun afternoon riding around town with Gronk. I, there was probably a <laughs> lot of good times mixed in with all the drama. I forgot when Belichick took the Gronk cruise. Um, all right, coming up, Peter King just announced his retirement from writing about the NFL. He'll join us next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.